Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 9:10 a.m. Detroit's news talk superstation. Detroit. Don't you think the American people deserve to know what's happening? This is the Justin Barkley Show. The Motor City's first look at the day's big stories. Shocking revelation. To get in on the show, call 248-800-TALK. He got it right. Remarkable. Here he is, your host, Robert L. Peters. No, it's Justin Barkley. Detroit. Bit of a hangover from the uh, game yesterday. UAW on strike. Uh, lots to discuss this morning. Big news came out over the weekend that you still may not have heard yet because I've so quietly pushed. I mean, it's it's not getting a lot of play, at least on the uh, the nightly news, and of course, it's not getting a lot of play on. CNN, MSDNC, at least the, the truth about what happened. And um, that's a, it's a big story. Antrim County, there was uh, the last, I guess it was three of these individuals who were charged in the Whitmer Fednapping, the Whitmer Fednapping plot. Well, what do I say? It's, it's like 12 out of the 18 or some ungodly number involved in this whole thing apparently had connections to the FBI in some way or the other. Whether they were on the take, they were being paid uh, informants. <laughs> I mean, the, the the stuff that was going on behind the scenes was just wild. And how much they're being paid for this is just... It, it's, a, it's a crazy story. And I will tell you that... Um, there have been a lot of back and forths on this. Uh, the rundown of the full details on what it means. And, you know, this is a story you may not have heard yet, depending upon what you're used to listening to. You know, if it's been any talk radio, uh, particularly in the Detroit area here, you're, you're going to be woefully, I'm sure, woefully uninformed on subjects like this. There's a lot of folks who just don't want to touch this, and of course, you haven't had the, well, you haven't had the uh, the chance to actually hear this news. You haven't had a chance to actually hear these stories behind the story, and of course, the news you won't hear anywhere else. The context, the analysis, all of it, uh, until now, until the, well, the beginning of uh, this new era here with Detroit's News Talk Superstation 9:10 a.m. So this is a big story. Julie Kelly is uh, someone who's done so much work on this. She is incredible. In fact, um, chance to hear from her coming up at 7.05. There is a connection. What is it between the Whitmer Fednapping plot and January 6th? She does a fabulous job of breaking all of this down with details. And you just, you know, like I said, you've never heard before. 
Here's the uh, the judge there in Antrim County after the verdict was read. Yeah. Thank you. The record can reflect that the jury is outside of the courtroom. Uh, they have returned their verdicts. Each of these three defendants have been found not guilty. Um, anything else that we need to discuss? First to you, Mr. Ralston. By the way, what an emotional time in that courtroom with these with these families. It is. Um, yeah, I, it's unthinkable. I can't even imagine some of the things that they've gone through. Uh, and and there's a lot of people that have that have also gone through quite a quite a wild ride. Political persecution and prosecution at its finest. So uh, the the details on this seven oh five. We're going to give you the full scoop. Plus, we'll talk January six in a, a bit of a a hole as we we get together with with Julie Kelly, who is a journalist. She is uh, somebody who's been behind the scenes, following closely all of this, and she knows these cases uh, like nobody else, really, like like nobody else, and and someone who's been very vocal about it on Twitter X or uh, some of the other social media platforms, but particularly Twitter. Now, by the way, Twitter and X, uh, if you're if you're a user of this platform, Elon Musk's X, which is now you know the old Twitter. I got a poll up, and I'm I'm just curious. In fact, I want to know your thoughts on this. Votes <laughs> are coming in hot and heavy right now. Who is to blame? We've got uh, strike continuing. The the latest uh, on this as we as we uh, as we get details. More workers at more plants will walk, according to Fane. They rejected an offer from Stellantis for a twenty one percent increase. Some of that on the CBS and deface the nation over the weekend. Here's what you're he asking for: thirty six percent pay raises. Our reporter just laid out there. Stellantis said they've offered. 21%. What are you expecting into tomorrow's negotiation with them? That seems forward movement. We've, we've asked for 40% pay increases, and the reason we asked for 40% pay increases is because in the last four years alone, the CEO pay went up 40%. They're already millionaires, right. you know. It's shameful that, uh, you know, one of the, one of the leaders of the court, one of the corporations sitting in his second home in Acapulco while we're bargaining, <laughs> rather than being at the bargaining table. And so, you know, our demands are just, we're asking for our fair share in this economy and the fruits of our labor. So 21% is a no-go for you? It's definitely a no-go, and we've made that very clear to the companies. There you have it. Uh, some of the, now he made the rounds this weekend. So are they going to continue to walk off more, more plants, more places? Fain says, be prepared. We are prepared to do whatever we have to do. If we don't get better offers and we don't get down and take care of the members' needs, then uh, we're going to amp this thing up even more. Well, you said progress is slow. Uh, will you order strikes at additional plants this week? Are you preparing for that? Uh, we're prepared to do whatever we have to do. So the membership is ready. The membership is fed up. We're fed up with falling behind. It's been decades of falling behind, and, 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 and especially this past decade, in the the most wealthiest times in the history of these companies. There is no excuse. These companies have made a quarter of a trillion dollars in the last 10 years, $21 billion in the last six months alone. 
and our workers' wages and, and, and conditions have went backwards. That is, uh, that's the latest stuff from yesterday. That's CBS News uh, and Deface the Nation. <laughs> we got, we've got, we've got more on this story. By the way, my question and the poll on X, if you want to participate, I'm at Mr. Justin Barkley, like any and every social media platform you can find. At Mr. Justin Barkley, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. The question is, who's to blame with the UAW on strike? Right now, let me look at the poll. Uh, You know, I just put this up there, but it is overwhelmingly in one direction or the other. See if you can figure it out. So I've got the UAW, the big three, or is it the Biden-Whitmer EV push that's constantly being shoved down our throats with the wind, solar, unicorn farts propaganda that we have now that we're we're constantly hearing the drum beat about. Which which one is it? Uh, who do you think it is to blame in, in all of this? By the way, there's more in the developing story. Ford laying off 600 over the weekend at that uh, plant there where they make the Bronco in Wayne. 600 laid off temporarily. Um, And, you know, I can't help but think there's a fantastic article, by the way, that dives deep into what the question that I just asked, which is the major question in all of this. The Bidenomics is the issue. In other words, you know, this this, every every time you turn the corner and you're looking, uh, these guys are the ones causing the problems. Bidenomics is to plan. Of course, they've got the solutions to fix every problem. You know, Fain even mentioning this and and talking about it being a bone of contention, especially with the folks who are working there uh, in these plants. They they wonder what the future holds, and and I mean, I I I can't imagine. You know, they're constantly uh, looking to change things. Obviously, uh, you've got these electric vehicles that just aren't selling on the market. you got these things out there that the government is pushing. And, of course, the companies are picking up because they think, man, we've got we've to get in. This is, this is our ticket. And, of course, when you take all that government money, bailouts and all that, anytime uh, Biden sneezes, you've got to pick up the phone. Come on, man. And that's quite a lot these days. So the push to electric vehicles, and on top of that, you got the automation, you got the AI, and all of the robotic stuff that will be inevitably a huge part, even bigger than it is today. It'll be a huge part of where this this is headed in the future. And you've got these people that are stuck in the middle of this. I've been saying this since the beginning. Yeah, you, know, you you really can't blame these folks. I can't blame the the car makers. Because they're being pushed by the government to make these cars that nobody wants, and I think that's why they're 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 a little bit more reluctant to come off some of these. I concede to some of these uh, the negotiations here, but but not only that, uh, the workers uh, just staring down a barrel. They don't know where their where their future is headed here, and these are the people again who built this country. This article from uh, M Live: Electric vehicles are the elephant at the UAW bargaining table. I want to talk about that, and I'll give you some of the details inside of the article. Plus, a little bit later on today, eight oh five, we'll talk with Dave Bondi, who's an independent journalist now. He's retired from uh, 
television news. In, in fact, he had uh, local news anchor. And he's worked all throughout the country, but he's a local guy who is uh, in, in Michigan. Michigan man. He uh, he kind of stepped away to, to try and cover things from a different perspective, and he's been doing that online since he stepped away from his big, cushy NBC anchor job. Some of the things that we'll talk about with him and get him to reveal, see if we can get some scoop on what's happening behind the scenes. Behind the headlines, coming up at 8.05, but he's got a great story today on uh, electric vehicles and the dangers. Stories you're just not going to hear anymore. It's Monday morning. We cover it all. Yes, the Lions lost over the weekend. We'll talk about that. Oh, and much, much more. There was an assassination attempt over the weekend. At least it appears that may be the case. We'll grab all the headlines and more after this. It's 9, 10 a.m. Cooler in today. What's 69 for the high? 57 right now. They definitely feel a little bit of fall in the air. Partly sunny. You've got an extended stretch of dry weather over the next few days. And uh, we'll take, I think it's going to warm up a little bit near the end of the week. It is uh, 8 or 622 right now. Detroit's News Talk Superstation, 9, 10 a.m. Justin Barkley. And I got to pull the question on Twitter slash X is this. Who's to blame, UAW, the big three, or Biden and Whitmer's push for when solar unicorn farts, the EV nonsense? Uh, Sojourner over on uh, Twitter X says, everyone, actually, globalization. We learned quality controls and manufacturing optimization for the Japanese, but we never learned how to have a good relationship between management and hourly employees. You can weigh in there, too. Love to hear from you. You can always join the program at 248-800-TALK. That's 248-800-8255. The Justin Barkley Show rolls on. The article that I pulled up for you, I, I thought was really uh, kind of an interesting take on all of this, is the electric vehicles, the elephant at the bargaining table with the, uh, the UAW. Um, this is undeniable. This is undeniable what is at the center, what is at the core of this whole thing. So why Biden's so involved. Biden, either way, you see people are now starting to show up at the picket lines. I think, well, you won't see Biden, but there there was somebody strange. Well, it was an interesting, well, I, strange is probably not, well, <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. But there was an interesting individual who showed up at the picket line, uh, in, in fact, over the weekend with Senator Gary Peters, Democrat. We'll explain uh, who this is. You have to hear a little bit of a clip from it uh, coming up in just a minute. But first, like I said, this, this EV thing is the issue. For workers, it's a matter of job security. For the automakers, it's about profits and margins. The union's role in electrification is a strong undercurrent. Ooh, I like what they did there in life. The UAW's contract negotiation with the big three 
as they discussed. It's a nightmare time for this to happen with automakers in the 313 area making the aggressive move to electric vehicles, said Daniel Ives, managing editor and senior equity research analyst at Wedbush Securities, a California-based investment firm. It's really created a Game of Thrones battle with a ripple effect that could be seismic, not just in Detroit, but across the country. If a strike ultimately happens, and it did, this is an earlier article written, many have compared the transition to electric vehicles as being as paramount as the introduction of the Model T. But the auto industry becoming crowded with tech giants and automation, the balancing act keeping union workers firmly planted on assembly lines while keeping pricing competitive enough that the electric vehicles in driveways are Americans' brands. Well, there's a lot of the folks out there that say that's probably not going to be the case. In fact, Trump tweeted over the weekend over on Truth talking about that these cars are going to be made in and, and from China. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So he's, he's weighing in on the subject. Also, we talked about who was at the picket lines over the weekend. Trump maybe weighing the... Wouldn't that be something? Weighing the uh, the trip to a picket line this week. All of this uh, is about this electric vehicle and the future of where things are headed. It's not just about right now. And I know they're going to talk a lot of them in the, about in the past about you know where where we've come from, what's happened, particularly uh, the clip the other day um, that I I think is the most fascinating. Lara makes a great point on Twitter, uh, X, by the way. She said, where do the UAW spend money in politics? Members need to look in the mirror for contributing to the let's go Brandon economy and the ridiculous EV policy. She makes a great point. The unions overwhelmingly backing and spending the money with Democrats, Democrats with the policies that aren't pro-union. <laughs> They'll tell you. At least they're not this pro this auto industry and uh, uh, Essentially, they're saying it's not pro these folks that work in the auto industry. So they're the ones who are contributing towards, and unfortunately, uh, this case, the, the, the Biden or Whitmer campaigns who are just mad for this stuff. And then you've got, you know, the Secretary of Energy, former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm, out on her trip to prove that these things are so great and yet can't get charging stations. They get the police called, almost get arrested at one point because they're out blocking somebody in a gas vehicle has to go ahead of them. You know, they're doing this big PR push and they're all driving electric vehicles, except there's some handler or some intern or somebody out in a gas vehicle who has to drive in front of them uh, going from place to place so they could secure enough charging stations because there just aren't enough wherever they're going for these three vehicles to charge all at once. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this up. 
Then the Secretary of Trans, Mayor Pete, is out there having the same situation whenever he's traveling the country saying, I can't get a charging station. Well, this is the elephant in the room. On top of it, as I mentioned, Dave Bondi will join us later today about 8.05 this morning. He did an interview on his independent locals channel the other night, and this is with a guy who works uh, in the dangerous job, they said, of uh, of dealing fire suppression, things like that, with putting out the fires and and some of the issues with the electric vehicles. Here's his comments on some of the dangers that we don't even hear about. My fear is once you get above a certain level of crash, you know, these, these really bad head-ons, you wrap a car around a telephone pole, the mechanical damage done to the battery box, the batteries themselves will will catch the vehicle on fire before first responders even get there. When we start looking at, and when I train fire departments on... With people trapped in the vehicle, think about that. How to respond to extrications. You know, if we've got to go cut somebody out of a vehicle, normally it's not a big deal. We go up there, we do our job. You know, we, we use our standard PPE, personal protective gear. But with an electric vehicle, because when these batteries get damaged, they can off-gas some really nasty gases... Oh. We have to have the we have to have the plan that we might actually have to do this extrication with our SCBA, which is our full face mask breathing apparatus. You 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 haven't heard about any of this, have you? Now you just heard that it's the future. We want electric roads. Whitmer's talking about all of that. By the way, there's more to this. I've got that plus. What was a strange, surprising face that showed up on the picket line this weekend? We'll share that with you. Plus, Trump might be. Headed his this way as well. It is an interesting day as we are oh, starting to get things rolling here. Justin Barkley in this morning on Detroit's 9, 10 a.m. News Talk Superstation. Back after this, 6. Welcome back in to Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9, 10 a.m. I'm Justin Barclay, 635. You can join the program anytime at 248-800-TALK. And I'll ask that uh, question. Who is to blame for all of this? Who is to blame for the uh, strike? Is it the UAW? Is it the big three? Or is it the Biden-Whitmer EV agenda on, uh, on people. Look, I, I don't have nothing against electric vehicles. If you want one, go get one. I think the Teslas are cool. Uh, personally, I like those cars. I think that I don't really like all the body styles, but I think some of the things that they do are kind of neat. Um, I think it's, I really do. I think it's kind of a fascinating car. I think it would be fun to have as a toy. It would not be my only, it would not be my daily driver, like the only car. I would definitely not want to take it on road trips. Now, they've improved some of the situations with these chargers and where they're placed and all that. But again, living in Michigan, as cold as it gets and with everything in the batteries and all that, I just don't know that that's the car I want. I, there, is, there is no getting around the d- dependability, the reliability of, of, of gas-powered Automobiles. There's just no, you can't get around it. 
it's we know exactly what to expect. You can go to the gas station and fill up within minutes. There, there really is no um, delay when it comes to that. You know, if you have natural disaster, let's say power's out now, if hurricanes rolled through, or you know how much the power likes to drop here in Michigan, particularly in the winter time. You know, like we we just lost power to a, a good good swath of the entire state. Gosh, I guess that was a couple of few weeks back or whatever because of the storms that rolled through. That this is this is this is an issue if you've got the entire state running on electric vehicles. N- not with gas, not with gas. So it's another it's a whole nother piece of this that I think is is driving the reluctancy in the market. And again, if it's gonna be electric, it's gotta be easy. There's something called friction. When it comes to marketing and getting people to actually pick up new activities or buy your widget or whatever it might be, when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to uh, motivate or change behavior in some ways, what you want to do is reduce friction as much as much as possible. In other words, make it easy for me to give you money. Make it easy for me to buy your thing or make it easy for me to change my habit, whatever it might be. That's that's why, you know, this radio station, it wasn't heard on 9, 10 a.m., soon maybe an FM. According to news reports. Certainly, as we speak, and since day one, online, 910amsuperstation.com, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, wherever you can get Podcast justinbarkley.com. You can actually download and listen to the podcasts every day. See, we want to be everywhere. You know, we're a radio station, but we're producing content. We want you to hear us everywhere. We we, we have a few things to say, and we want we want to we got want to get it out to you. We want to be available for you. Okay, and so the the, the that's that's creating less friction. Between you, the user, and then the, the individual who is going to actually, uh, you know, produce the content, and then we've got you know sponsors and things like that, and more and more eventually they'll stack up, and that's how you that's how you run something like that. But my point is, is you want to cut the friction out. They're not doing that with these electric vehicles. They're trying in some ways. The government getting involved, subsidies, making it cheaper, things like that. But if I've got a truck that is electric, that has a hard time pulling anything, and then, of course, my mileage is going to vary and suffer because I'm pulling something, and that's a big deal. Uh, We're just not there yet. I'm not saying you shouldn't try. I'm not saying you shouldn't produce these vehicles, but they are cutting off all other possibilities in so many different ways. And you've got to realize, as a business, these companies, what I just... They can't compete with a Tesla. Tesla's, you know, they, 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 they're so much more lean and nimble, and it's easier for them to figure this process out. And these big three, they're being forced and pushed by Democrats. Unfortunately, that's the, that, the same people that the unions are contributing to. They're being forced by these people to basically kill off their workforce. 
That's uh, that's what it looks like to me. I have a hard time seeing as much as these people are on the take for China. China. I have a hard time seeing it any other way. By the way, one of these goofs <laughs> came came to the uh, picket lines. John Fetterman, Senator John Fetterman, took a, uh, a a bit of a break. He's still wearing his hoodie, trademark classic hoodie. To stand next to Senator Gary Peters, who almost didn't recognize for a second, and uh, and 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 pick it on uh, was well, it Saturday Sunday? It was over the weekend. Well, I'm out here again on day two uh, on the picket line, standing with UAW workers. It's great to see the support with cars driving by, and we're getting more support from around the country. In fact, my good friend John Fetterman, my Senate colleague from Pennsylvania, drove all the way here in his Ford Bronco with the doors off to join these workers on the picket line. John, welcome to Michigan. Senator, hey, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you today, and an honor to all your workers. And as you said, I'm here in my Bronco right here. I drove this morning all the way from Pittsburgh just to say goodbye. We are a union town out in Pittsburgh, and we're a union town here today. And I'm honored to be standing with all of you. It was probably the most clearest I've heard Fetterman. And I don't know how long. I, it, it, the guy has got real cognitive issues because of strokes or who knows other issues that he's had. Uh, and it's really tough to understand what exactly is going on with him at times and what he what he means to say that was probably the clearest now it's a short clip i'm sure they only gave us the best of the best there but i think more than anything uh, interesting to see that he actually made it he actually made it in and we're not he's not the only one there are there are other names being thrown around right now Trump may be headed to the picket lines. According to uh, the story I read, Detroit News over the weekend, Trump weighing whether or not he will come. And, uh, well, it would be a campaign stop for sure, but it, it's kind of thumbing it in the nose of a Biden administration who is, again, and Whitmer, responsible for all of this. They're the ones who are causing these problems. And as I mentioned, problem after problem. Here's the latest. This was a story that came out uh, over the weekend. Landlords now looking at banning electric vehicles on, on property, and this comes out of Canada, actually, Toronto. Tenants and advocates say that's unreasonable. But the landlords are concerned about their investment. The homes, <laughs> the apartments, they're concerned also about the lives of these people. But think about this. As, as bad as the batteries are, we just played that clip for you about what can happen when they when they catch on fire and because of a wreck and things like that. But even even scooters, Mackinac Island, of all places, Mackinac Island has seen this issue with like electric like e bikes and scooters and things like that. I I uh, I, I mean it's. It's unthinkable. A lot of those very older homes up there, they're saying don't keep them inside. They're warning against it. Of course, this uh, this is written by CBC. This is a Canadian source. So it's tenants' rights advocates are raising legal concerns about a Toronto building complex that's banning electric transportation vehicles from the property. 
including in units, the garage, parking spaces, and lockers. Notices were posted this week uh, to a, an apartment complex owned by Oberon Development Corporation to alert tenants to the ban. No electric bicycles, motorbikes, unicycles. Unicycles. I think I've seen those. They're they're kind of weird looking. It's like a skateboard kind of thing, with with just one wheel in the middle. Hoverboards, mopeds, segways, skateboards, scooters. Any of these vehicles, if you have them, please remove them from the premise immediately. According to the note, um, they are personal or excuse me, potential fire hazards. E-scooters are currently banned in Toronto, though the city is engaged in a process to examine the risks and the benefits. Douglas Kwan, the director of advocacy and legal services there at Advocacy Center for Tenants Ontario, community legal clinic and advocacy organization, said he's never seen such a ban in a residential building. Yeah, we've never had to deal with this stuff before. It is a, it is a, a serious question. If they are fire hazards, if they are risks, uh, you know, they ought to be able to take a close look at this because these are the same people that are going to sue these people that own these apartments if one of them does burn down and somebody dies or whatever. It's the same people that are going to come out and have to try and file lawsuits. So this is this is a fight, but I find it kind of interesting because I don't think this is not going to be the only place, the only time this happens. These are major issues, and of course, they're going to need to get they're going to need to get sorted out and worked through. Who's to Who's to blame for this uh, UAW strike? UAW, the big three, or Biden and Whitmer and the EV push? That's the question up over on Twitter slash X right now. You can get in on the conversation. Love to have you at two four eight eight hundred talk. That's two four eight eight hundred eight two five five. Plus, we'll get some more of the tweet uh, responses that are coming in as we speak as well. Another great way to get a hold of me. And we can stay in touch this way at uh, justinbarkley.com. Got a good newsletter there that's hosted up for folks. And, of course, uh, if you reply to me, we can talk back and forth about anything. You can you can have a great conversation. Speaking about Trump, uh, he was out on TV this weekend and uh, a couple of big moments over the weekend. He did a, uh, a, a fantastic um, conversation, I guess, he had with one of these uh, women from NBC News. And uh, I guess it was on Meet the Depressed. Trump calls Biden's repeated lies over the past few weeks, including one where he said he was actually at 9-11, the day of 9-11, ground zero. Uh, Trump calls him out, talks about everything he says being a lie now. Did I say one thing? Look at all the lies he's told over the last couple of weeks. He said he was at the World Trade Center, and he wasn't. He said he flew airplanes, right? He didn't. He said he drove trucks, and he didn't. Everything he says is like a lie. It's terrible. Mr. President, I'm Even his handicap and golf, he said he's a six. He's not a six. I want to stay focused on you. For the purposes of this interview, uh, I don't want to talk about anything that would be damaging to Biden. We haven't talked about these things. And so now you're bringing them up, and I don't want to talk about That's what the propagandists there at Meet the Depressed. Okay, because it's important that we hear from you about all of this. Tell well, me I'd like you to, but you keep interrupting me. <laughs> 
man, what a wild, what a wild couple of uh, couple of clips here. In fact, he comes out talking about January six. You know, th- these these interviews don't go as well as I think they. Play. I think each one of them think. We're finally going to get him. We're going to nail him down. Going to get some gotcha questions. And he f- just flips the script. This is on January 6th. Listen to who he says is responsible. I know who you called on that day. By the way, Nancy Pelosi. Why would I tell you that? Listen, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security. She turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't turn down the soldiers, you wouldn't have had January 6th. Did you call By the way, this is, this is a very good point that I think one that immediately uh, debunks this whole thought that Trump wanted January 6th to happen, that it was a it was an attempted coup that was taking place there. And it's it's a it's it's a powerful fact, a piece of the story that you're just not going to hear anywhere else. Trump offers to call up the National Guard. I think it was 10 to 20,000 that they were looking at offers to call them up. Days before January 6th brings up the point, hey, this might be something that uh, we, we ought to get ahead of. There's a lot of people coming, not just to D.C., but all across the country. We ought to take a closer look at this. They have these conversations. In fact, they tell the, the mayor of the uh, city of Washington, D.C., Mayor Bowser, and they tell uh, Nancy Pelosi, we are uh, ready to authorize but you know we can't do that on our own. See, that that's left a uh, posse comitatus. That's left to the folks there uh, at the locale. You're going to have to do that. They refuse. They don't call these people up. They wanted chaos. Then at the last minute, as things are really uh, going sideways, Pelosi is on the phone going, "Where am I? I got to get some people here. Where are they?" Well, how do you call up twenty thousand people? And by the way, it was the fastest since World War II. The fastest mobilization of folks since World War II once they finally did get that authorization. But where where are these people? Where well, They're not asking them these questions. And Trump makes a great point. You know, this never would have happened if we would have been allowed to secure the Capitol with folks from the National Guard. I don't know who you called by the way, on that day. Nancy Pelosi. I, I I don't have, I, why would I tell you that? Listen, Nancy you don't want to Pelosi. Talk about that? was in charge of security. She turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't turn down the soldiers, you wouldn't have had January 6th. Did you call military or law enforcement? What? Did you call military or law enforcement at the moment the Capitol was under attack? I'm not going anything. I okay. told, I, yeah, let me put it this way. I behaved so well. I did such a good job. Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that, but and now Nancy I understand, I understand that, that the police testified against. Listen to me. This woman does not understand the Constitution. She doesn't understand this just plain and simple facts about how this all works. Listen, listen to me. I understand that the police testified against her. The chief very strongly against mm-hmm. her. Capitol Police, great people. They testified against her, and they burned all the evidence. Okay, they burned all the evidence. They destroyed all the evidence about Nancy Pelosi. What do you say to people who wonder why you, you as commander in chief, you have authorities that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have? As no, no, she has authority over why the Why didn't you send help in that moment, though? Uh, frankly, just so you understand, I assume that she took care of it. She turned down. But when you realized that that the National Guard wasn't coming. Well, you didn't. You don't realize anything until quite a while 
National Guard not coming. I asked, I asked it to be there three days in advance, and she turned it down. She says that that request was never officially made. Oh, just so it. you know. Let, let me just say. Let me ask you the about mayor of D let me the president. The mayor of D.C. gave us a letter saying that she turns it down. Okay, we have it. Nancy Pelosi also was asked, and she turned it down. The police commission. I'm talking about Capitol the day police, of Wait a minute. Yeah. Capitol Police said that he wanted it, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. She's responsible for January Let's, 6th. Mr. She, she does not want to hear any of this. Kristen Welker does not want to hear any of this. She doesn't, and I'm surprised this actually made it on television, to be honest with you. I, I think maybe she figures it throws their base enough of the meat that they want. Oh, he just, he won't answer some of these questions, and we're going to ask him a tough question. But this is, this is just insane. How many of you have heard, and is maybe is this the first time, many Many will say that they have, that the fact that Trump wanted ten to 20,000 troops to be called up for that day, National Guard to be there to protect the Capitol and uh, many other areas in D.C. and throughout the country, in fact. And yet, Pelosi, Bowser, they wouldn't do it. Doesn't sound like a coup to me. Doesn't fit the narrative. That's the issue. Uh, by the way, Trump's got another fantastic piece uh, this this morning talking about what he's going to do the moment he wins in 24 with a special task force. We won't want to miss this. We'll get into that and more strike news on the way, plus Lions the weekend. Detroit's News Talk Superstation back after this. Fednapping plot trial down in flames for Dana Nessel. Bad day on Friday. You'll hear that news. Plus the connection. You may not have heard this before between the Whitmer Fednapping plot and January 6th. It's very interesting stuff. She's she's done just bang up job on all of this. Julie Kelly, journalist, and some of the news that you're just not gonna hear anywhere else coming up. Bad, bad day for folks in media, particularly Kristen Welker on uh, NBC's Meet the Depressed. Trump handling her. He may be handling a trip to Detroit. Can you imagine this guy walked into picket lines? What does that do? I just, I, I, I've been mind blown. And Fame man still yet to to secure a an endorsement for the Biden administration and Biden in 2024. What does it do if Trump shows up? That That is fascinating. Here's what he announced, by the way. Big announcement came over the weekend. Uh, a new task force. The minute he's elected, looking into all of these cases when it comes to political persecution and prosecution. These Marxists and Stalinists and the administration got a Washington, D.C. jury to convict five pro-life activists who are now facing up to 11 years in prison for simple acts of protest. You read all about it. You hear all about it. You talk all about it. Under Biden, others are being sentenced to 10, 15, and even 20 years in prison for retribution for their political beliefs, while Antifa and other groups burn down cities like Portland, like Minneapolis. They went into 
Seattle, what they did in Seattle was um, they basically took over a big percentage of the city. They kill people, they loot, they plunder, and they go free. The political repression is immoral and it's very, very un-American and it's very dangerous for them to be playing that game. To reverse these cruel travesties of justice tonight, I'm announcing that the moment I win the election, I will appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who's been unjustly persecuted by the Biden Freeman charging the Whitmer fednapping hoax. According to Julie Kelly saying overall the case been a major failure in a court and total humiliation to the DOJ and the FBI. In fact, the moment the verdict was read, their emotional time in Antrim County in the courtroom. Everyone can be seated, thank you. The record can reflect that the jury is outside of the courtroom. Uh, they have returned their verdicts. Each of these three defendants have been found not guilty. It is, uh, it's quite an interesting story. This is not the only interesting piece of it. There are connections even to January 6th. This story is a story that you may not have even heard before until now, until Detroit's News Talk Superstation, 9, 10 a.m. Julie Kelly joining us now with the latest. Justin, thanks so much for having me on. So we got a little piece, uh, even on the, all the craziness uh, lately, we got a little piece of good news uh, on Friday. The news that came down about the the. the the court case in in Antrim County, the last of the Whitmer fednapping uh, cases come out, and I know you have some strong thoughts on this. You've been following this particular case. We've talked at length before, but you, you also have been following some of the the, the January sixth stuff as well in, in great detail. So I wanted to talk to you, Julie, about this um, big news out of Antrim County. What do you think? Uh, people learn. I mean, it's wild to watch the back and forth of the history of this and, and, and the outcomes of these trials. It's been pretty interesting what's come out of them, too. It is. And so just um, for a summary, 14 men were charged in October of 2020 related to this plot to uh, allegedly kidnap and assassinate Gretchen Whitmer. But what unfolded in the federal trial, so six men were charged with federal conspiracy to kidnap and use weapons of mass destruction. The remaining defendants faced state charges, and that was the trial uh, that was happening in Antrim County. In the federal case, though, just what was shocking is the defense attorneys there gradually uncovered um, and exposed this elaborate FBI entrapment operation that involved dozens of informants, undercover agents, and supervising agents working out of multiple FBI field offices in the eastern half of the country. So this was a huge uh, entrapment scheme. And these informants targeted individuals based on their social media activity. That's really how they located them. This Wolverine Watchman group was basically a Facebook page. 
And so they stitched this group together, um, you know, hosted all of these surveillance trips, reconnaissance trips, field training uh, um, events, kind of family gatherings to get these guys together, record them in real time. A lot of the times they were in pairs. They were either stoned or drunk or both. Uh, and this was at the behest of these informants, really violating FBI protocol. Nonetheless, recording those conversations and text and group chats that were then used as incriminating evidence against the defendant. Um, so one would think, given the extensive, elaborate operation here, all of the money resources plowed into this. And then, of course, during the prosecution, the DOJ and Dana Nessel, the attorney general, would have a you know, 100% conviction rate, but this has been a total humiliation, not just for Dana Nessel, but the DOJ and FBI in particular. And the acquittal of these three men on, on these bogus state charges yesterday is just another black eye for the FBI. And look, people need to answer for this, Justin. We cannot just let these men be railroaded, some of them languishing in prison now for 18 to 20 years after conviction. Um, you know, people need to be held responsible for what they've done. Yeah, I mean, the the, the whole background on this story and what's come out over and over and over again, as you mentioned, the FBI involvement. I see 18 people at one point and 12 of them somehow were involved with the FBI out of all of these individuals. Is that is that a right number? It's 14 total defendants, so six um Six on the that were charged uh, federally, and then eight uh, state defendants. So three men in the state case, aside from the three this week, three of them were convicted by a Michigan jury last year. The other remaining defendants pleaded guilty, of course, coerced by either the AG's office or the Department of Justice to accept these plea deals. Um, and without those plea deals, who knows how many other men would have been acquitted? Um, so, no, there were more than – it was a more to one-to-one ratio of defendant or target to FBI assets. You had at least 12 informants identified by the defendants in the federal case. You had at least three FBI undercover agents who were then inserted into the spot in the late summer of 2020. And you had numerous supervising agents, um, handling agents, basically, who were responsible for these informants, and that doesn't even stretch to... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. FBI main headquarters. It had to be known there. It had to really be uh, orchestrated out mm. of main FBI, which one, one government witness actually said that was true. Because FBI designated this a terror enterprise investigation, the highest level of investigation for a, a terror prosecution or suspected terror plot. This involved the use of drones and airplanes. I mean, this was a very costly operation, as I said. So who knows who at FBI Maine? Certainly Christopher Ray, his deputies. We don't know if Attorney General William Barr 
also was aware of this. Certainly Stephen D'Antuano, who was the, you know, um, special agent in charge of the Detroit FBI field office, who was then moved to Washington a week after the arrest and the big promotion. So that just gives you sort of a sense. It wasn't just the informants who were involved. It was everyone from Maine FBI in Washington, you know, down to the Detroit FBI field office, other field offices. So this was dozens of FBI assets involved in this. This is really a, a, a massive problem uh, that just isn't getting any attention with mainstream news at all. They don't want you to know about this for some reason. Um, this is this has connections reaching into January 6th and what happened there. As you mentioned, the guy that was over the Detroit field office, he, he moves to D.C. ahead of January 6th. And then there are lots of questions about what actually happened that day. And we are still getting answers to some of those questions. This is what was the connection there, and, and what are we learning now about January 6th? Well, there were a couple of connections. And go back to April of 2020 when militiamen and some of these defendants allegedly, you know, stormed the, the Capitol in, in Lansing. They had photographs of these men, armed men. Uh, and this was, you know, allegedly storming the Capitol, attempting to hunt down Gretchen Whitmer, all of the same sort of things that we saw on January 6th and the narrative that was created after January 6th. What we found out in the first federal trial, shockingly, is Dan Chappell, the main FBI informant known as Big Dan, confirmed that when he was reporting back to his handling agency what was happening at the Lansing Capitol building in April 2020, that there were armed men, outside trying to get inside the fbi told the michigan state police to stand down let those men enter the capitol photographers just happened to be there taking photos and then blasting this all over regular media and social media to really i think initiate the narrative and the storyline that these dangerous armed militia men wanted to overthrow the michigan government and then stretch that into january 6th so here you have then the connection being Stephen D'Antuano, head of the Detroit FBI field office, a week after the arrest warrant announced. October 14, 2020, FBI Director Christopher Wray announces D'Antuano will take the plum assignment of heading up the Washington, D.C. FBI field office. So he takes charge of that office weeks before January 6th. Um, we know that he was sort of the conduit for alleged intelligence about people who were traveling to the Capitol on January 6th. He's the one who handled the criminal investigation, <clears throat> every aspect of it for January 6th, including sending some of his agents to the raid at Mar-a-Lago in August of 2022. So his hands are dirty in both of these, and that is the connection. But oddly, Justin, the January 6th Select Committee didn't bother to interview Stephen D'Antuano, even though he headed up the entire January, January 6th investigation, um, but also the still unsolved pipe bomb investigation. So he's a key figure, not just in Whitmer fednapping, but January 6th. And to your point, the media has no interest in tracking this man down. He retired a few weeks after Republicans took over the House because he certainly knew that he would be you know, questioned, which he has been questioned by one House committee. Uh, but he retired November 2022, 
has a sweet gig over at KPMG. Uh, but look, he still needs to account for what he did in this Whit- Whitmer Fed thing because even though these men, as you know, are now exonerated and acquitted, their lives have been destroyed. Their reputations have been destroyed. So they're probably bankrupt trying to pay for uh, attorneys. And, of course, in the case of Adam Fox and Barry Crouch, who were convicted in a second retrial of the federal case, thanks to uh, Judge Jonker there in, in Grand Rapids, heavily assisting the government uh, in concealing evidence and limiting cross-examination. That the, Both of those are on appeal. But they're both being tormented in supermax prison because of this scheme. So, um, you know, this, this cannot be the end of, of what happened in this case. And Republicans are duty-bound to expose this and hold accountable the FBI and DOJ officials responsible for this. This is all kind of part of a, a bigger theme that we're seeing uh, lately. And here in, uh, in Michigan, uh, the Attorney General Dana Nessel has charged... 16 of the uh, electors who were going as alternates um, uh, in 2020 with the election. Some of them are, you know, senior citizens, like 80 years old. They would do life if they got, and this for the rest of their lives, they'd be locked up if they uh, they got convicted for, for this. And it's just, it would be laughable if it weren't, the consequences weren't so serious. But this is a bigger problem. We're seeing it with the lawfare with uh, President Trump, but also some of the attorneys involved. How, what, just to speak to the, the where we're at right now, how do we come back from this? It seems like we've really crossed this, this line. Well, we have, and that's why I think the Whitmer fednapping hoax is so um, demonstrative of what the COJ and FBI are willing and capable to do to destroy the lives of innocent people, to bolster this lie that Christopher Ray continues to peddle, and everyone in the Biden regime, including Joe Biden himself, that domestic violent extremists tied to the right, tied to Donald Trump, pose the greatest security threat to the country. This is what we hear from top Biden officials. Uh, it simply isn't true. So in order to prove their dubious claims, their bogus claims, they have to invent these Schemes, including January 6th. So we have crossed into very dangerous territory. You know this, Justin. I covered the trial and sentencing of the Proud Boys. And what's happening in the January 6th case is not just rounding up people, which they continue to do every single week. They're still arresting people and charging them for their involvement in January 6th. But the creation of new federal laws of terrorism. And when you have a judge like Judge Tim Kelly in Washington, D.C., who now has codified the shaking of a temporary metal fence as an act of terrorism that justifies additional jail time for anyone who has been convicted for any of these stupid charges on January 6th. When you have a judge like Amit Mehta now codify obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to obstruct as a new federal law, uh, terror law. This is the dangerous precedent that is being set in Washington, D.C. And again, the GOP is totally asleep at the switch. They don't realize that this is happening, but it is. And so this will eventually bleed out from Washington, D.C. into any federal jurisdiction and then certainly state jurisdiction. If you interrupt Congress, you know, if you want to protest, or if you want to post things on social media that are offensive to the regime, 
This is exactly what Jack Smith just wrote in a proposed gag order on Donald Trump. He's citing his post on Truth Social as some way of attempting to intimidate prospective jurors or prospective witnesses. This is a criminalization of political activity and speech, and not just criminalizing it with stupid charges like obstruction, but now codifying it as terror, federal terrorism laws, penalties that will then justify these excessive, harsh prison sentences. So when you say crossing, I mean, we're, we're way across the line here, but we're into ter- territory that this country has never seen before. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's alarming because people's lives are being destroyed, but even more alarming because Republicans just seem to have no way to counter this whatsoever. Julie Kelly's with us right now, and on Twitter or X over the weekend, you you had a I thought a, a very fair point. And if there are uh, House Republicans listening to this program or might be swayed, good phone call to make. Uh, you say they could easily expose the rotten corruption at the FBI with one televised hearing on this Whitmer Fednapping hoax. What would you like to see there, and do you think it could move the the needle? I think even more so than any hearings on January 6th, which they also have not held. But um, if you had the defendants, and more importantly, the defense attorneys, who articulated, who uncovered in very detailed fashion this entrapment scheme, if they were able to tell the American people what happened there, to tell their stories of how the defendants' their lives were destroyed, how they were set up by these really low lights. I mean, you know, the, the number two informant is a convicted felon many times over, including convictions of um, sexual uh, um, child sexual assault. So these are low-life people that have been paid cash. Dan Chapel was paid over $60,000 in cash and personal items for entrapping these men. These are things the American people didn't know. Justin, I didn't know any of this until I started covering the Whitmer Fednapping case and the trials is that these informants are paid cash. There's no accountability. Most mm. of them have some sort of criminal record or have some motivation to become an informant. We're incentivizing um, it. Incentivizing it. I mean, in Dan Chapel, and, and they violated um, informant rules multiple times, including the fact that Dan Chapel, the key FBI informant, was handed an envelope of $23,000 in cash in December of 2020. Two months after the arrest, that's not supposed to be allowed under FBI rules. I really think even more so than what's happening in January 6th, um, putting this forward, putting this before the American people and explaining to them what the FBI did here could very well be a game changer, Um, not just in 2024, but overall people recognizing this agency is irretrievably broken, corrupt, uh, and partisan to the core. Julie Kelly, she uh, she does fantastic work. Uh, in fact, you want to follow her on Twitter or X. But Julie, where can people keep up with you and everything you're writing? I know you got a Substack. What's the best way for folks to do it? Yeah, thanks, Justin, so much for having me on. So my Substack is declassified with Julie Kelly. People can just put that in their internet browser and find it. And then, of course, on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, Julie underscore Kelly too. And then True Social, Julie underscore Kelly. Julie, thanks for taking the time. Keep up the fight. Have a great day. Thanks, Justin. God bless. The news, the stories, the details that matter most. You won't hear it anywhere else.
break. Let's talk a little bit more about these stories and more UAW Day 4 as we continue on the strike. You can join the program at 248-800-TALK. This is Detroit's News Talk Superstation. Three Chinese military aircraft detected near Taiwan, including fighter jets, nine Navy ships, 40 of the planes crossing the median line of Taiwan Strait there. And uh, we're missing an F-35 today. I don't know if you saw this. This is in America, though. We're missing an F-35, a plane that they cannot find. So they're saying, uh, and I don't know if anybody's tried, you know, using the keychain, you know, in the parking lot with a, just, just trying to hit the beepy. The button there to figure that out. But it, this this comes from the folks that say, no, no, we've lost an $80 billion airplane, uh, but we'll tell you where every cent of that money is going in Ukraine. We uh, we know exactly what's going, <laughs> going on here. Speaking of keeping an eye on your money, welcome back in. It's Justin Barkley, Detroit's News Talk Superstation 728 right now. The uh, gas prices through the roof. Right now, they've never been this high this time of year. Prices through the roof. Median monthly mortgage payments risen to an all-time high, $2,632, according to Redfin. And we are on day four of the UAW strike. More on that. Plus, Republicans held a conference call Sunday night in an effort to come up with a spending package. The House Freedom Caucus taking a look at what can be done. It's, they think they've got a deal here, but it doesn't look like it's going to get past the Senate. That's fine, though. We'll dig into some of that a little bit later on in the program. They have until September 30th to get this whole thing figured out. At 8.05, we'll talk to Dave Bondi, who's a former uh, news television anchor, NBC and uh, mid-Michigan. And, in fact, he is now on the Independent uh, level. He's doing his own thing, and that means he's able to spill the beans on everything inside, take you behind the headlines, and more inside those newsrooms, what's happening. You know, weigh in on that, plus we'll get him to talk about the stories of the day, the UAW. Fascinating interview he's got with a guy, a firefighter, a guy who works with these electric vehicles and things that we need to look at moving forward on these cars, the dangers of them nobody else is talking about. We'll get into all of that and more coming up. This morning, Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9, 10 a.m. Don't miss a moment of Justin Barkley. Download parts of the show you missed at 9, 10 a.m. Superstation.com. Don't forget we have the Internet. Letter at justinbarkley.com so we can stay in touch on the stories that matter most, the ones you're not hearing anywhere else. The Lions lost yesterday. They were hyped up wearing the masks, and uh, I saw some of the... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Some of the work. Uh, did you see the blue ski masks? They, this was the big deal. You know, of course, pushing everybody wearing blue ski masks and, hey, I wear new Lions. And, you know, everybody drinking the Kool-Aid, the first win, the beating the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, and then they lost overtime over the weekend to the to the super Seattle and I got to tell you I I I got a I I'm not a huge so it's just coming for me but this one hurt uh cuz I'm not a huge football fan I'm a huge Lions fan I know we we kind of need a little bit of a distraction I'm not a huge sports fan all around but I will tell you that um you know sometimes I'll sit down and watch a game or whatnot and I don't seem to have a lot of time for TV at all these days, but you know, in this day and age, it does seem like, especially with everything else going on, we do kind of welcome those distractions. And a winning football team here in Detroit would definitely. Now, this is not the end of the season. Just like the first game, winning the first game was not the you know, like winning the Super Bowl, and then we can all hang it up. You know, <laughs> I think a lot of people were kind of feeling that way. But losing this game against uh, Seattle, not the, not the end of. Uh, at all, it really it it just but just a game. However, I saw some comments that stung online, and I have to tell you, I I'm all for you know poking, having a little fun. I'm all for some digs here and there, but ah, there's one that just that just got me, and uh, it was it was this once and for all proves that that masks don't work. Come on, that's just that's just it's too too much. It's too soon. That's just I wasn't ready to hear that one yet. I wasn't personally. I wasn't ready. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. The UAW Day Four. We still uh, we still have details of that forthcoming as uh, we're looking at uh, the latest on those talks. Rejecting an offer from Stellantis for twenty one percent increase in pay. Uh, union boss faces it's just not going to be enough. It's not going to get the job done. Stellantis said they've offered 21%. What are you expecting into tomorrow's negotiation with them? That seems forward movement. We've, we've asked for 40% pay increases, and the reason we asked for 40% pay increases is because in the last four years alone, the CEO pay went up 40%. They're already millionaires, you know. It's shameful that uh, you know one of the one of the leaders of the court, one of the corporations, sitting in his second home in Acapulco while we're bargaining, rather than being at the bargaining table. And so, you know, our demands are just. We're asking for our fair share in this economy and the fruits of our labor. So, 21% is a no-go for you. It's definitely a no-go. Yeah. Yeah, they say they're going to do everything they can, everything in their power, prepared to put it all on the line uh, when it comes to more more plants striking in different locations, uh, other options. If we don't get better offers and we don't get down to take care of the members' needs, then uh, we're going to amp this thing up even more. Well, you said progress is slow. Uh, will you order strikes at additional plants this week? Are you preparing for that? Uh, we're prepared to do whatever we have to do. So the membership is ready. The membership is fed up. We're fed up with falling behind. It's been decades of falling behind, and, 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 and especially this past decade, in the 
the most wealthiest times in the history of these companies. There is no excuse. These companies have made a quarter of a trillion dollars in the last 10 years, $21 billion in the last six months alone. And our workers' wages and, and, and conditions have went backwards. If we don't get back. By the way, uh, I, I just, we got already 13,000 on strike across the big three. I, I think this is going to be a tough situation throughout this entire process. I think the toughest part is, and we've got the question asked over on Twitter. You can you can weigh in on this if you'd like. Uh, Twitter X. The question is, who's to blame? UAW Big Three, or is it Biden and Whitmer and these failed electric vehicle policies that are driving the manufacturers into the ground? Nobody wants these cars, and that yet they keep pushing us in this direction. And I think both. The, the big three and the union realize that there is an inevitability. There's inevitability to all of this. Uh, there, there is a movement and there's AI and there's automation. There's all of these things, but this movement and push to the electric vehicles before it's time and the threat that's coming from other places, particularly uh, China, China. one of them, we're, we're working with them now and, Whitmer's busy courting them in here. Biden's always been on the payroll. China. Yeah, I mean, he's always taking a little bit from them, a little bit from Ukraine. On, 10% for the big guy. All of this is, is happening. What's the worst part of it all is the folks who are hurting, stuck in the middle, the real-life, everyday people that, 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 are, that are working for the big, they're caught in, in the, the balance of all of this. There's an inevitability. There's something that's coming that you just can't... <sighs> You can't avoid it. And uh, now there there may be ways to pull out of this mess, get people on the right track. In fact, I saw this would be interesting. Trump headed to the picket lines this week. If that happens, that will uh, they're talking about upsetting the apple core. That will dramatically shift. Biden doesn't even know where he's at right now. We saw, speaking of which, Fetterman made a made a visit here this weekend too and the the video I keep seeing coming out of this is uh, in, incredible. They released Senator Gary Peters hung out with uh, Fetterman this weekend and on the uh, the picket line. They released a video. Peters did this like official video, and then and then there's there's this other piece that Fetterman again because he was making a lot of sense in that one. In this one, he's talking to real life everyday people, and he's just like randomly blurting things out. John Fetterman from Pennsylvania, a senator from Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, because we're a union town here, too. Well, it's just an honor to be here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I always stand for the union way of life. I live across the street, you know, from a steel mill and the steel workers, you know, and I came from Pittsburgh because I think it's a union town as well. I always stand for a union. I think that's a MSNBC or NBC, one of the two. Yeah, NBC News. So they've even got it edited up. To make him sound better, and yet he still does not sound. He doesn't sound great. Uh, but what an interesting week. What if Trump makes it down? That will be... Uh, he's, he's a guy that uh, that could negotiate. He could get in the middle there. Offer my services, he might say, you know, to come in and help get these guys back. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. You've you've got a, a union who is playing hardball has yet to endorse Biden, but I think it inevitably will. They keep sending the money. This is the thing. 
uh, unfortunately, the workers, you don't get this. So you you got to understand is that your union dues are going towards the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party are the one pushing this electric vehicle nonsense. So, in effect, you're funding and you're fueling it. It is a, it's a, it's just a horrible, but it is a cycle. Funding and fueling it all. Something bad is coming. That's what Nicole Wallace said on MSNBC this weekend. Something bad is coming. I, I would agree with it. There is, there is something palpable on the horizon. You can feel it. I don't think it's what she thinks it is, but there is something coming. Say privately all the time and not on TV all very often. Something really bad is going to happen. Okay. It's about to hit the fan in this country. Fox News had to veer away from a lunatic spewing hatred and death threats for Democratic officials in New York because of the migrant caucus. Everyone is on, uh, I don't even know the word. Everyone is knows that we're walking into something hideous and no one will do anything. I refuse to believe that nothing can be done. These are people getting their information in part because of the vacuum being created by people with, I don't even know if we call it a spine anymore. That might be an insult to spines. But there are still people out there with followings. He can go out and, and here's, here's the, what I want to ask you. When something happens, what do you want to be able to tell your kids and grandkids you did? You're good with nothing? You're good with, I didn't do anything because I didn't think anyone would listen to me. Trump tweeted something mean about me someday because you did something. I tried to do something. Where are all of the Republicans who still have little slivers of a following in the cesspool that is the MAGA base? Well, look, all of the red lights are blinking about what is about to happen. And I think that's what makes what Jack Smith is doing so important, because he's saying, OK, um, right now, you know, this is a stress test for the entire criminal justice system. But the Republicans are not going to step up. They are not going to raise their hands. We know that Mitch McConnell is not going to come out of his bunker and say what he said after January 6th. But what I think was so powerful about this document, which I've just skimmed, is the way that Jack Smith basically sounds all of those alarms and says, look, this is not just theoretical. Look what he has done in the past. Look what he is doing right now. You know, and I know that the word, you know, gag order is going to be thrown around a lot. But what he's really saying is that Donald Trump needs to be held to the same standard of, of that any other criminal defendant would be held to, but also to alert the court to the extent of this campaign to discredit and attack and demean judges and jurors and prosecutors to discredit the entire process. This is not just one trial among any. Donald Trump is not just one defendant among any. This is a former president of the United States who is prepared uh, to call out the Furies, who is prepared to stoke violence, to tell people, no, come, because it will be wild. And, you know, you know again, um, with all of these red lights blinking, um, the silence that we've gotten used to I think um, becomes less defensible because what happens in 2024 um, could be horrific. It is likely to be horrific. And all of the people that enabled it and rationalized it and looked the other way um, ought to be held to account in some way, at least in their conscience. So, so now it's not enough just to attack the people that are telling you the truth, but they want to attack others as well uh, in this process. By the way, you hear the, this this quite a bit, this this. This is propaganda from the propagandists themselves. That's why the misinformation is so dangerous, folks, and that's what I'm saying, tongue-in-cheek misinformation. 
in fact, the truth is so dangerous to them. You're not allowed to think it. You're not allowed to hear it because, God forbid, God forbid you actually uh, you, you actually hear it and you wake up to what's really going on in the world. By the way, one of the guys who has, and, and, and I, I got to applaud him. My hat's off to this guy. He's a former anchor TV station in mid-Michigan, and now he's decided to, to cut the, the cord, right, so to speak, from the mainstream media and go independent. Dave Bondi joins us coming up at 8.05 with some of the uh, conversations about the stories that you're just not going to hear anywhere else. But also I want to talk to Dave about some of the things that he saw behind the scenes. I'm going to take you behind that curtain, behind the headlines to see how the sausage is made in some ways. I've known Dave for a while now, and, and it's really interesting to me because I've seen a lot of this in my in my time in media, but I've seen how all of this stuff works. And to me, it's kind of, it's fascinating to see the the way things have really shifted in the last few years. But it's obvious to a lot of folks. If you're listening to this show, if you're listening to this program or this radio station, then you know, you know what's going on. You, you chances are, the folks who listen to talk radio are much more, uh, well-informed than any other audience. They know the issues better than anyone else. I mean, inside and out. In fact, a lot of times better than those of us who are even on the radio. Uh, it's It really is something. They, they have it down, so you can't fake this. Something I think most people forget too. You can't fake this. You got to know your stuff. And when they see this propaganda spewed on the mainstream media, they see right through it. We'll help you do more of that coming up in just moments, folks. Nine ten a.m. Detroit's news talk superstation. Back after this, I'm Justin Barkley. Seven fifty-three right now. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. Justin Barkley in on a Monday morning. Saving up to a, be a nice day and a nice week too. Sixty-nine for the high, a little cooler. We feel like fall. I think it's really starting to feel the fall in the air. Fifty-seven right now. Sunshine, drier patch of weather in the next few days, and really warm it up. It looks like over the, uh, the weekend. Um, there was an interesting moment, and I. Th- think this might be what Nicole Wallace on MSDNC was referring to this week. And an interesting moment in New York City is, you know, the city is just being overrun right now with uh, illegal immigrants being shipped in. The city in some ways and shapes and forms just about ready to collapse. The mayor has, has been very vocal about this, but nobody really wants to point the finger back to Biden's open border policies and why this is happening and understand this is this is the issue. This is what is causing it all. One man caught in just a moment of clarity, honesty, and just a rant that is one for the ages going viral right now. I've posted this up on Twitter X. It'll be in a stack later today at JustinBarkley.com where we post the podcast and everything else. But it is incredible to watch. People are waking up. This man is going viral just for his his rant. Now, don't don't miss the fact that the 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 Fox News babe is going to yank the microphone away when he starts to get closer and closer to the 
truth. She'll yank it away, and then it's, this clip gets kind of cut off. She starts to ask another sort of question. But listen to what he nails this whole migrant mess as they have on the Chiron down at the bottom of the lower third. Chaos erupts at New York City event. This is up to us. This is up to each and every one of us to stand up. Nobody's coming here for us. Right. We're here for ourselves. If we don't get up and fight for our city, nobody's coming for us. They're coming to destroy it. The reason why they're here is to steal our votes. Right. They're not. We're not going to be able to live there stealing our votes. Our now you, you hear the right. So this, this is a man that is ranting, standing next to him. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, is a black man saying right? <laughs> the integrity with the whole thing. It's future. My birthright. Not Our United said. States is great city that I refuse to leave. Do you understand? Nobody's coming for us. These elected officials aren't even elected. They're using absentee ballots. They're being selected. They're operating without... What did you think that AOC... By the way. Uh, the reason I bring that up is there's a multiple. This is a group of people because they would they would have you to believe that this is you know this is all well this, they're racist. That's why they're against illegal immigrants coming to New York City. You know, these people are fighting for their lives. In fact, in this live shot that's here, I think there's a Hispanic man off to the right. I'm not sure if the man who's ranting or raving is white Hispanic. I don't. I have I have no idea. But I can tell you that there are two, three, four uh, black men in the shot as well. One is the one who's standing there agreeing and nodding through it all. It's a moment of clarity and chaos talking about why the borders are open, what is happening, and the inevitability of that they want these folks in the country in order to collapse the system. And, and as he makes the point out, I think it's even more crystal clear this is all part of a strategy to obviously give these people the right to vote. And then who knows what happens? We're already underwater, as they mentioned. Very, uh, I thought, a very interesting point on how these folks are elected. Now, Fox News didn't want any part of that. You could tell she yanks the microphone away with a quickness. And, uh, yeah, just, well, we can't have this. We can't have this. But a moment of truth that uh, that did not go unnoticed. New Yorkers are waking up in a traditionally Democrat city. They're waking up. In fact, folks are waking up all across the fruited plain. One of them is a, is a man who used to be an anchor, TV anchor, at uh, a station in uh, mid-Michigan, NBC affiliate, He's worked all over the country, in fact. He is now gone completely independent. Yes, he's retired sort of from the mainstream, but we'll talk to him about his independence, go behind the headlines to find out what he saw in the newsrooms, and talk about some of the stories of the day. Dave Bondi joins us coming up at 8.05 this morning. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. Justin Barkley, we are back 
right after this on 910 AM. It's Justin Barkley. Today we got the good newsletter right now at justinbarkley.com. You can get all the news that you're just not hearing anywhere else. Lots of folks taking advantage of that already. The podcast posted up too. So if you missed any bit of the show, like our interview with Julie Kelly, this journalist who's done some just absolutely fantastic work on January 6th and the latest with this Whitmer Fed napping uh, situation. And, and, the, and Dana Nessel's next. She's lost again. In Antrim County Court, another big one. Staying up to date with all of it. You can uh, make sure you get that podcast as well. We we put everything up from each day on the podcast at justinbarclay.com. Another uh, another journalist reporter that is on top of it all and decided to just take a step back from the mainstream and do his own thing independent now. Dave Bondi, TV anchor from uh, Mid Michigan, joins us now. Appreciate you being here with us, Dave. How are you? It is great being here. Great to talk to you and everyone in the Detroit area. I grew up in uh, Wayne, Michigan, and Westland, so I know that area very well. Love it there. So let's start with a strike because uh, that's, you know, your your old stomping grounds. Um, UAW on strike. This is day four now. And what's wild to me to watch it, because I'm watching everything kind of come down, as ask these folks, too, on a Twitter poll, uh, who do you blame? Do you blame the UAW? Do you blame the big three? Or do you blame the politicians like Biden and Whitmer right now continue to push this Green New Deal sort of uh, fantasy of wind, solar, unicorn farts, it'll all power uh, the world and our vehicles? The grid can't handle it, but once we get everything powered and up and running, uh, they say just plug in and everything be better. We've seen stories recently where the Secretary of Energy had issues uh, on her road trip. Mayor Pete's had issues with uh, Secretary of Transportation on on road trips as well. And these cars have problems. You just did an interview with a firefighter who explains some of the dangers behind these cars when they uh, when they wreck. Um, but th- this is, I believe, this push, government subsidies, et cetera, by the Whitmer and Biden administrations for us to go the Green New Deal route is what's causing more and more issues in the auto industry, and uh, it's a real problem. It is a real problem, and and me, I, I call myself, I'm still a journalist, and I don't think a journalist should take sides, honestly. I know that's old school, but my job is to give information out, and there's a lot of information that's not getting out there. For example, like you said last night, I interviewed a firefighter, and he's more than a firefighter. He's an engineer. Uh, He trains fire departments throughout the country on electric vehicles. I learned so much last night that I did not even, uh, that I didn't even know, and the average public member of the public listening probably doesn't know, that if you want an electric vehicle, depending on your home and the age of your home, you may need to rewire your entire home. Um, If an electric vehicle gets in a crash above 40, 50 miles per hour, there's a chance there could be a fire upon impact, and that fire could go for eight or nine hours. So that's just the tip of the iceberg. And the firefighter I talked to, he's not anti-EV, but what he said was, whoa, let's slow it down a little, and let's make sure everything's in place. And like you just said, is the grid ready? And there are experts who say, no, it's not. So we're not necessarily against it, 
but let's have all the information out there because it seems like when I was in a local TV newsroom, it, many times all the news releases from the politicians and the car companies, it seems like they wanted us to be cheerleaders for EVs, but that's not the job of a journalist. Our job is to tell the people the reality. Yeah, I want to talk, Dave Bondi, about where people can find you, but uh, he's on uh, all the social media apps and has a very special spot on a place called Locals as well. We'll give you the details in, in just a minute. I want to talk about what you are seeing behind the scenes when it comes to TV news uh, particularly. Um, you, behind the headlines, just show us a little bit of how the sausage is made. You just kind of alluded to this, but you're telling me there's like a there's there's like a – there's like a, a certain narrative or sides are being taken behind the scenes on, on some of this stuff. And I mean, that's what most of us would believe, but you're confirming a little bit of that bias. It sounds like it, in a way, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. Now I worked in Flint, Michigan at a TV station here and where I worked, there are less and less people. The company I worked for did a lot of layoffs and there were not, there's not many people in the newsroom. So when you don't have that many people, it's tempting for people to just run with news releases without fact-checking or doing the easy interview just to get someone from, you know, an auto company or a congressman's office on camera without getting the other side. So there's that, that the staffing isn't there. But there is also the temptation because you're getting flooded with, you know, the narrative about how, for example, electric vehicles are great. They're amazing. Well, you know, some people think that, but at times, and I'm, some younger journalists, they don't understand at times, there is the other side. So it might be more of an institutional narrative and maybe not intentionally, but it's just frightening to see that they're not fully informing the public of all sides of an angle of a story. This is uh, probably the biggest issue when I see uh, news reported. It's it does seem like constantly, and I just was it uh, MSNBC. Nicole Miller this morning. We played a clip oh, about what is coming and how dangerous times are getting. And of course, she <laughs> says, "You know what's going to hit the fan?" And 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 basically, she's pointing the finger now, not just at people. She says are spreading this dangerous disinformation and all that. But she's also pointing the finger at others who she says are being quiet and they're being complicit. In other words, they're not calling out these people that are spreading the dangerous information. What is dangerous information? What is hate speech? I saw this is a great quote. Well, hate speech is defined by people who hate speech. <laughs> so they, these are the people who get to decide what what is true, what is real. Instead of, I don't know, the crazy thing we used to do, which is, Lay out the facts on a story and then yeah. let the people decide. Yes, and sometimes we don't know the facts. Um, I give this story from back in the day. My dad, many, many years ago, in 1950s, he insulated, insulated pipes with asbestos. And back in the day, we were told, he was told that it was fine. There was no issue. And obviously, you know now it was a major health issue. So facts, as we know, even with COVID, the facts change. Um, but as per MSNBC and even Fox and CNN, they do a dangerous mix of editorial with news. You don't even really know what the news is. They throw their opinion in every five to ten minutes as 
That's not how it used to be. I interned at CNN in 1997, and it was completely different from what it is today. So the average viewer, they're getting editorial mixed in with news. I don't think it's a good mix. So why did you decide to leave? If you're now independent, you're kind of doing your own thing. What, what was it that made you step away? Several things. Uh, number one, family. Because as I've gotten older, I have an amazing wife. I have two kids. I was not seeing them much at all. And I worked from 2 p.m. to midnight. I anchored our 5, 6, and 10, and 11 o'clock news. And I was just never seeing them much at all. So that was one. Uh, the second was the mental part of it, having to do just constant, the negative, the negative news and not being able to focus on some positives. But the third was also, it was the narratives and not being able to challenge um, a lot of things, either whether it be with COVID or with corruption within a city or county government. It was also that, not being allowed to have a free voice just totally go after someone. It was it, It's that those three things over the last five years that led me to this decision. So would you do it again? I mean, I know you're doing it independently now, but would you ever go back into the belly of the beast if you thought you could change things, or can you change things from the outside? I think I can, I'm, well, for you, for example, as well, um, you know, changing things from the outside, I believe it can happen um, really quick. I'll be quick because I know you don't have a lot of time. There was a story in Sandusky, Michigan, where a man was accused of kidnapping a little girl inside a store. They originally just charged the man with a misdemeanor, and I had the mother on my show, and there was outrage in the community and so forth. And the prosecutor ended up raising the charges to a felony, and it was pretty much because I put them on, as they say, put them on blast. Um, so I think changes can be made. Would I go back? You know, I don't know, possibly. I think that our, our industry, radio, TV, Internet, is in a transformation right now. And I know you had Charlie LaDuff on last week. I think he is happy as can be. I think more people are going to personalities rather than, um, organizations like Charlie, myself, I know a lot of other independent reporters because they trust the individuals. Yeah, and it really is interesting that the, the we've, we've really just kind of twisted away from, turned away from these institutions that we trusted without question for many years. And now we've taken a closer look. You just mentioned Charlie and Will Tucker. Tucker was just here, another guy who's he's got, you know, racking up hundreds of millions of views on the things that he's posting on Twitter right now. And people are looking for those voices. They're looking to hear from people who aren't going to necessarily they'll have a bias. They'll have opinions. They'll have thoughts on certain things. But at the same time, um, they know where these people stand. That's just, I think, is a, a far cry different from some of the big, uh, some of these other big, uh, you know, uh, institution. So let me ask you, we just talked UAW. We talked with uh, uh, Julie Kelly earlier about the Whitmer Fednapping, so-called Fednapping uh, case. There's a lot of details behind this. I don't know if you've looked into all of it, but the, the stories about the connection between the case here in Michigan, the man who oversaw the FBI uh, Detroit office, field office, ends up in Washington, D.C. before just before January 6th, there's some strange connections behind all of this. 
And I just, I just another one of these stories. I just don't think people are getting the full details on this. What do, you, what do you make of that? No, I, they're not. And when that story first broke, when they arrested all of the people, I remember being in the newsroom, and we thought at the time it was literally um, Michigan residents, and I think there was someone from Wisconsin, maybe Virginia. We thought that they were literally on their own attempting to go kidnap the governor. And then it didn't come out until I believe some independent journalists and some uh, there were some there's some great journalists out there in the mainstream media. There is. And I think some of them actually uncovered all the court documents and how the FBI had informants and so forth. So that quickly switched what we knew about it. But you're right. Local news. We don't have the time um, in where I work in our market up here. Detroit has some great investigative reporters and I give them credit for they do. But it's hard to dig into stuff when you're pumping out news like nine, ten hours a day. So it's hard to dig into that. And it has been independent reporters that have broke a lot of that information with that case and opens people's eyes. So and I'm not giving my opinion on, you know, there's been convictions, there's been not guilty pleas. But I think it's good that the public knows the truth. And the truth is that the FBI, the government, you know, was involved. They had informants in there. And in the beginning... We didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No yeah, well, imagine that. And uh, well, how would that change the outlook on some folks? And how would that change if people knew what was happening behind the scenes? And by the way, with their own taxpayer dollars, with, with their own money, uh, a lot of this is quietly happening and it just doesn't get covered. Dave, where can we'll have you back? I want to want to continue our conversation another day but where can people find you where can they they keep up with you online well like you said every social media platform there is and it's a lot to keep up with nowadays but uh just dave bondy b-o-n-d-y twitter facebook instagram youtube but i'm also on a platform that you are on as well called locals l-o-c-a-l-f it's a platform it's an app it's basically i say think of facebook with no censorship and no algorithm that's what Locals is, um, and you can just Google my name or your name and Locals, and you'll find us. And I hooked up with them because it honestly is no censorship. Their belief is free speech. Obviously, you can't say things that are illegal or threatening, but it's a good forum for free speech and open thought. So that's why I am on Locals, and it helps support my independent journalism. And, uh, and I, I urge everyone to support you on there as well. Let me ask you uh, one last question. Dave Bondi with us right now. Is there anything out there uh, that maybe you're watching, you're, you're taking a little closer look at that, uh, that we should know about that maybe isn't necessarily picked up steam yet? Is there something that's coming next or that we should be watching or, or looking for? Um, I, I'm not sure as we go to the 2024 election i'm just really interested to see if the organizations like mark zuckerberg is going to is he going to give 300 million dollars again to try to you know 
as he said, keep the election safe. But I think there needs to be a lot of talk about about that. And there's things coming out in Michigan now where we found things that happened in 2020. Uh, I think I just, I, I'm going to pay us close attention to where the money is going when it comes to the next election cycle. And that's my big thing. Follow the money because usually you'll find the answer if you follow the money. Dave Bondi, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for taking the time with us. And, of course, we'll put links to Dave's stuff all online at stackjustinbarclay.com. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, sir. God bless. More coming up, folks, in just moments. You stick with us. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting things started. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9, 10 a.m. assassination attempt this weekend on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, that's what it appears it may have taken place. A very uh, very wild story. Video of an armed man who tried to enter the Kennedy event the other night in California. He has been taken into uh, custody. And apparently, I think he was charged. So this man, <laughs> this man comes in. He's got a beard, some tattoos on the neck, got the sunglasses, and isn't kind of in tactical gear. He's got a fake, apparently it's a fake U.S. Marshals badge uh, around his uh, neck. He says as he comes in that he is a part of the security detail and is asked to be let in. Uh, but there's not been a lot of information that's come out after this um we know that he is uh well he's been charged but i think not like impersonating a a, a federal official or a law enforcement or anything like that no i think it was just like a simple no like a carrying a, could still carry charge or something like that i i think I think that's all they they had um, on this on this in this scenario with this guy. But this the details of this. But you know, I mean, you think back as both his father and his uncle assassinated. The details about this are um, are just it you know in, incredible. I I looked at the video. Of the guy he's very calm when he's getting uh, detained and. Uh, arrested a video I put up on the uh, I put up on the stack if you want to see this but uh, it, it's it's you gotta wonder how is this how does this kind of thing even take place who was the guy again we 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 don't have a lot of this information available to us and uh, it's it's been because this story kind of just sort of dies over the weekend and uh, not really much more being uh, promoted or, or 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 talked about on this. Now, this is another thing. He he has asked for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has asked for Secret Service protection, and the Biden administration has denied it. Partially, probably because it would make him look a little more credible and legit. They don't want to legitimize him at all because they continue to keep sort of push him down so that they won't debate, there won't be any issue in the 
Democrat uh, primary. They want to try and do whatever they can to keep him from picking up any traction at all. So this would be one of those ways that he would have a little more credibility. I, I don't. I honestly don't see it that way personally, but I'm, I'm talking about how they are looking at the optics behind the scenes. He's demanding Secret Service protection after the latest an armed man arrested at the campaign uh, location an event just miles from where his dad was assassinated at the Ambassador Hotel. This has got to be horrific for him and the family. This man posing as a U.S. Marshal arrested at the campaign event Seen wearing two shoulder holsters with loaded pistols and spare ammunition. The incident took place less than two miles from where his dad was killed. Kennedy now demanded Joe Biden allow him Secret Service protection after an armed gunman was arrested at his campaign spot. The Democrat presidential hope will speaking at the Hispanic Heritage Month event at the Wilshire uh, Ebel Theater in Los Angeles on Friday night when the suspect tried to approach him. Again, he had a U.S. Marshal badge on a, on a lanyard. He ad- attempted to identify himself as a member of the security team. Um, the incident, yeah, I'm still entertaining hope the President Biden will allow me Secret Service protection, Kennedy stated after the event. <sighs> we are just, we are such a precarious point. Right now in our nation's history, we are just at a really, really tough place right now. And things like this really make you wonder. Again, a Democrat, I don't I, I don't agree with this guy on everything, but I mean, I think he's got a right to to campaign. And, uh, you know, probably you got to protect anybody. You think about the Secret Service protection that that guy a Kennedy with all the history ought probably ought to be included in that list. Now let's talk more about the economy coming up. We've got day four, the UAW strike and the latest in economic numbers and stories you're not going to miss. All coming up in just moments, folks. You stick with us back after this Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9, 10 a.m. up with everything get our good newsletter make sure you stay up to date on the stories that matter most i did a podcast over the weekend in fact talking about the economic issues that we're facing right now and some of the biggest some of the biggest of the big i mean uh, the hairiest and the scariest the stuff that you're just not hearing anywhere else in fact there was a g20 meeting this would have been last uh, week or so, and the story that came out of the G20 meeting had to do with um, some of the, I think, crazier stories I've seen and heard lately. They want a digital ID and digital currency. Some of these these countries, now they're openly admitting it and talking about it now. I say digital ID, digital currency, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, the digital dollar. Everything would be beeps and boops and bops, and it would be all on your phone or some device like that, ones and zeros. Now, the reason they want this instead of paper money is that they can track everything, they can control everything, and it is super scary stuff. 
Kirk Elliott, PhD, joining me on the podcast to talk a little bit about what is possibly coming our way. In fact, let's hear now a, not a crash, but a collapse, he calls it, possibly, inevitably, with the markets in the future and all of this adding up. So what's real interesting about that, Justin, is A, it's it's not something new, right? It's it's, But what it is is, is confirmation that this is happening quicker than, than what anybody possibly imagined it would. Because we go, we go back to, um, let me see, March of 2023. Um, so March of 2023, there's a paper from the United Nations Secretary General um, Guterres that, that they, they convened to basically want standing authority to operationalize automatically an emergency platform in the event of a future complex global shock of sufficient scale, severity, and reach, right? So, so then it gets a little bit weirder because we don't have to think about what this complex global shock of sufficient scale, severity, and reach would be because they tell us <laughs> in the next paragraph what could trigger that emergency authority. A major climatic event, a future pandemic risk, a global connectivity disruption, or a major event in outer space or, or any kind of generic unforeseen risk. So then this is where I start to connect some serious dots because then it said that the UN would have the power to oversee the stakeholders of the world. And who are the stakeholders? Academics, governments, private sector actors, and international financial institutions, right? And that, that this emergency authority could be indefinite if they so so just decided to, right? So, so we look at that, and then this is all kind of going towards this G20 meeting because – Four or five days ago, Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum made a made a statement that made me think of this UN directive. And he said, the future governments of the world would not be done via countries, but rather by stakeholders. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. I've heard this word, right? I've heard this word, stakeholders, right? That's so it's like, if, if future government of the world is not going to be run by governments, but by stakeholders... The UN defined what stakeholders were in March of academics, governments, private sector actors, international financial institutions to, to ensure that there's unified global response to whatever crisis is declared. So what Klaus Schwab just said is that the nation state, sovereign governments are going to cease to exist and that all rules, all directive, all life is going to function through these non-governmental actors, these these academics, these private sector actors, international financial institutions, or like banks, right? So, so here's where who elects the stakeholders? <laughs> do we do we vote for them? Or I mean, seriously, they are. <laughs> we, I mean, they could be. They're just people with jobs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, that that's all. Nobody elected them. They're just they work for the World Health Organization or for the UN and. Um, you know, they just, you know, they make their earnings, 80000 150000 a year, whatever they are, right? But they're just people that have jobs somewhere. Nobody elected them. But then how do they have power? Well, because an elected person someplace gave them that power. So earlier this year, Biden, um, there, was, there was this international meeting of the World Health Organization, and like 192 
presidents of countries signed away our sovereign right of a president to act on behalf of the country and gave it to the World Health Organization. So for in, in, the, in the basically if there's a global health crisis, Biden, for example, just gave away the authority for us to act on our on our own behalf. Right. And, and Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, former congresswoman from Minnesota, you know, she had she had screamed this warning back in March and April about what was coming up. And she said, you know, being a congresswoman for a long time, International Services Committee or whatever she was on, said once you give away this power, it's very difficult to get it back. Right. It's it's, it's almost impossible um, because there's waiting periods. There's like five year waits. There's different things. Right. Then you have sanctions. And so but he gave it away. So basically the World Health Organization now under a global health crisis, which we're already starting to hear about COVID 2.0, right? It's going to be big and bad and ugly. They can they can stop you from traveling. They can put shelter in place laws. They can force vaccinations. They can force um, they can force you know shelter in place. They can stop you from opening a bank account, right? They their emergency authority power is indefinite. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, so, but this is what's coming now. How does this apply to this G20 meeting? Because they have what digital ID and to impose digital currencies, right? So, so basically, out of this ID, you're going to have this global ID. It's going to be attached to your bank account, right? Well, this is what the Bank for International Settlements and the United Nations had already worked in cahoots with each other and the IMF for that matter earlier this summer and said by September 15th of 2024 in our in their report packed for the future is what it's called this is their self-imposed deadline by September 15th of 2024 everybody in the world should have a global ID attached to your bank account that's biometric identification to you so the G20 is not the United Nations, but they just did the same thing. They kept the word biometric out of it, but it's still a digital ID attached to your bank account. And the G20 nations, you know, the largest 20 economies in the world, the United States is part of it. Germany's part of it. Japan's part of it, right? China's part of it. So it's like the biggest economies in the world just basically signed away our freedom. And why would I say that they signed away our freedom? Because under the words of Dr. Pippa Momgren of the World Economic Forum, central bank digital currency, they're talking about a digital ID here attached to your bank account. This is central bank digital currency is what they're really preparing us for, is programmable money. The ability to cut you off from buying or selling if your ideology doesn't match up with theirs. Hmm. This is what the G20 just said, we're doing this and we're doing it now. By the way, does any of this sound familiar? You can't buy or sell digital money. I know this. Stuff, a lot of this stuff sounds like it's wacky tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory stuff. But these are all just facts, things that are out there. You probably not heard this stuff before. You want to find out how you can protect yourself and what's coming down the pipeline. It's in our podcast from over the weekend, justinbarkley.com. When you download the podcast, you'll be able to get great stuff like this conversation from Kirk Kelly, a PhD, who is one of the uh, guys at the forefront talking about what's happening and, of course, what we can do 
Uh, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned this all ties in. Uh, the U.N. is meeting. By the way, Biden is on his way. In fact, he may have just already landed in New York City. Come on, man. He is there to take 10% from the big guy. China. <laughs> Anybody else? He is there and ready to make out like a bandit. There's new video. There's <laughs> new video of him. I've got, first of all, I have to warn you, there's some very concerning things about what's coming with the U.N. this week. Uh, and then the dynamic duo, I think Plan B, we'll just call them the B team. They are they are also in New York City for a big meeting with the Clinton Global Initiative. Uh, they're all doing this at the same. This is all happening all kind of simultaneously, and I'm sure just a coincidence. But there is video out now that shows, and you can't see this, but maybe you can hear some of it. I can. So a little bit of the video, it's resurfaced of uh, 2005. Actually, this is from Newsmax. Uh, I think it's Greg Kelly kind of highlighting what was happening in the video. Joe's schmoozing behind the scenes with Hunter, and it looks like they're discussing business. They've caught on camera back from 2005 doing this. He was a senator at the time. Here's how it all worked. Political speech in South Carolina. Political speech in South Carolina. Uh, look who's watching Joe work the room. Joe is schmoozing everybody after the speech. See what we have shaded there? That's Hunter watching every step of the way. Next video. Hunter's just kind of in the background, sort of shadowing Joe as he's making his rounds throughout the, uh, the, the, the event. As Joe schmoozes at the right time, Hunter, he's still my, Hunter moves in. All right, he, Hunter moves in as soon as it turns to business. Watch and listen here. Hunter was just telling me about his firm in Washington, his law firm. Do you have a card by any chance? Yeah, well, I, I don't, but I'll give you my. Uh, well, let me give you my card. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll give so then Joe Biden starts talking to the wife, and then Hunter and this uh, this this uh, guy they end up slipping around the corner. It's right back to schmoozing, and watch the men step away to conduct business separately. Wow, you that's see smooth! It? It's, right there, it's smooth. That's how it worked. That's how it worked. Circa. Found uh, found on a video from 2005. This is this is incredible stuff. This is. 10% for the big guy that's happening kind of behind the scenes. That's the whole game. But Joe, Joe wouldn't have any idea what was happening with these other people. You know, he was on the phone. He was in meetings. But those are just coincidences. They were talking about the weather. Come on, man. That's all they were talking about. And this week, uh, the U.N. set for a, uh, for a big showdown in, uh, I guess, here in New York City. And Biden will be there. There's another event that's, I think, maybe even more interesting. That's happening uh, quietly this week. And the dynamic duo, I call them the B-team, Newsom and Whitmer will be there. And, uh, and, and it's, it's a Clinton Global Initiative. The Pope, you name it, uh, who's who. And it's, it's just fascinating to see that these two people, why would Whitmer? of all people, be appearing at this event. It really, uh, it really is something. And I will tell you,
I think it's a preview of things to come. I'll explain what that means coming up, plus the latest on UAW Strike Day 4. Joe, thanks to Joe, gas prices have never been this high this time of year. Come on, man. Thanks to Joe, you're paying more. Every time you pay at the pump, plus the median monthly mortgage payment risen to an all-time high, $2,632. That's where we're at, folks. Sort of an economic update. More in just moments. Bill Clinton and the Pope walk into a bar. That's sort of the headline for this joke. We're back next. 9, 10 a.m. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. Now a look at sports on 910 AM, Detroit's News Talk Superstation. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles, here's Eddie Garcia. Check week two in the NFL. Sunday night it was the Dolphins defeating the Patriots 24-17 in Foxborough. Miami is now 2-0 with two road wins. New England falls to 0-2. Ravens are 2-0 after beating the Bengals in Cincinnati 27-24. Cincinnati 0-2 with two division losses. 49ers have won two straight on the road to start the year after a 30-23 win in L.A. over the Rams. Cowboys are 2-0. They had no trouble beating the Jets 30-10. Chiefs over the Jaguars in Jacksonville 17-9. Bills roll over the Raiders 38-10. Overtime for the Seahawks to get by the Lions in Detroit 37-31. Overtime for the Titans to down the Chargers 27-24. L.A.'s 0-2. Buccaneers beat the Bears 27-17. Tampa Bay 2-0. Falcons rally past the Packers 25-24. Atlanta is 2-0. Giants are down 21 points in the third quarter. Come back, beat the Cardinals in Arizona 31-28. Colts Colts over the Texans in Houston, 31-20. Commanders down the Broncos in Denver, 35-33. A veteran's hope. Where are you hiding? I search for you in the seconds. The minutes of each and every day. Hear me as I call out to you. Take my hand. Lift me up as I lift up others. Welcome me home, father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter. Hear us now. Alone we stood, divided we fell. No longer. Now we choose to make the connection. Our new mission lies within. Visit maketheconnection.net to learn more. The people who have been running AI are now beginning to be afraid of AI. Exclusively on Blaze TV. We will be the Neanderthal to the AI. Glenn Beck breaks it down. When we're spending all this money, you know who's not getting loans at the banks? You and takes on progressives. Why is the Biden administration, majority of Congress and the media, suddenly so pro-war? Glenn TV. Watch exclusive episodes at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Communism is more than a ghost from the past. It's a clear and present danger. I'm Jesse Kelly, and I've written the essential guide to help you fight back. The Anti-Communist Manifesto arms you with tools and tactics to defend America against its most malicious enemy. Discover the infiltration of communists in education and corporations and the hidden truth behind environmentalism, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter. Stand up for your nation. Join the fight. Get your copy of the Anti-Communist Manifesto today. Available wherever books are sold. Back to the Justin Barkley Show. You can't make this stuff up. Right here on 910 AM, Detroit's News Talk Superstation. 
day four of the UAW strike. Day four, three separate plants, one here in Wayne, one in Toledo, and then one in Missouri. Uh, all across the country, more may be added to that list. They're not keeping anything, and everything's on the table is basically what Fane has said. They're going to continue with negotiations again today. Fetterman made it here uh, over the weekend. Uh, another surprising face that may end up on the picket line, President Trump. They're talking about it right now. Uh, see, the story that I read in the Detroit News. So I don't know whether or not that's actually going to happen or not. There is a good chance. There was, I think, nothing more that uh, Trump would like it to, to make his way here and sort of rub this uh, in the face of a Joe Biden who, who really, uh, like, solely owns owns all this, all of, all of it. It's, it's, it's really his his issue. Bill Clinton and the Pope walk into a bar. <laughs> That's kind of, it's kind of the headline for this is not a joke though, but it does sort of sound like one, doesn't it? What are Bill Clinton and the Pope doing? Well, they're meeting, they have this Clinton Global Initiative. It's happening, the meeting this week in New York City. A live conversation between Clinton, it's being billed as a live conversation between Pope Francis and former President Bill Clinton on various issues, including climate change. How dare you? And, uh, you know, the foundation announcing, uh, well, just the other day, this is all going to take place Monday morning, a remote link conversation today at 9.15 between the head of the Catholic Church and the former uh, president of the United States. Now, uh, this is interesting. But it is not the most interesting piece of this whole event. There are lots of other folks who are going to be there as well. Um, I found the, the, the who's who, the list of who's who in this uh, itinerary fascinating. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, Interior Secretary Deb Halen, and then... Uh, Gavin, Governor Gavin Newsom from California, and they list Governor Gretchen Whitmer, both Democrats, from Michigan. What are those two doing together? What are they doing together there? The B team? Plan B for the Democrats, possibly working in cahoots there. There's a couple other folks on the list. Uh, NBA player uh, Dwayne Wade, retired. And, uh, former U.K. Prime Minister Tony Blair. Fox News host Dana Perino. Dana, what are you doing at this thing? Uh, Jen Psaki, who will also be making former Jen Psaki MSNBC host uh, now. She's a former spokesperson for Biden. Circle back. Psaki will be circling back. Circle back. Circle back. <laughs> Got to circle back for the event. Um, circle back. 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. But it's just, I just thought fascinating. There's more I can share with you, but I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with him. I'm happy yeah. to circle back with you. Yeah, I can please, circle yeah. back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. You know, please do. Please circle we'll back. We'll circle back with you, and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you. On circle it. back. Saki going to be there with Whitmer and Newsom, Plan B for the Democrats, the Pope and Bill Clinton. What a joke, this whole thing. Uh, but, of course, this is happening at the same time UN is is meeting today, too, and Biden's in, in New York City. So you got to wonder, uh, is there something happening behind the scenes? Behind the scenes that we're just not quite aware of. Yeah. I do have some good news. A couple of things, actually, before we go, but this is probably the most interesting to me. The, the biggest. You've seen the, the Jesus Revolution movie. You I may have heard about a revival that took place at Asbury University. This is kids at a college before uh, things were out for the spring there um, this past year went and, and started at a chapel ceremony. And uh, that's how they start their day there at this Christian University in Kentucky. It's right down the road from the University of Kentucky near Lexington. They are uh, they meeting and then they they start this chapel ceremony and prayer and worship and they hear a message and the thing does not stop it it uh, it goes on and on and on it's like twenty some odd days it was a long in constant twenty four hour like prayer worship people coming from all over the world to experience the revival that was happening there. And this latest story happened over the weekend I thought was incredible. Young people are waking up, and probably to the most important thing that they could. A revival happening in Auburn in Alabama. Hundreds getting baptized in a lake like something out of the scene of that movie, Jesus Revolution. Thousands of students at Auburn packed out Neville Arena on Tuesday night to worship and praise. But an impromptu baptism that started with one student wanted to be baptized grew to roughly 200 people who decided to give their lives to Christ that day. What an incredible story. Good news happening all around us. More than 5,000 people showing up that night at the night of worship. There's still hope. That's encouragement for our young people. I think about that. Particularly with my kids, my young daughters. What's the world going to be like? Fear not. God is still on the throne, and yet uh, on the move, it sounds like today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.